Huh, I heard something that was odd. The ice in my glass tinkling? I do hear ice in your glass tinkling. Mm-hmm. Is that an iced coffee? No, it's uh, iced rum. Nice. Mm-hmm. If you know us by now, you know these evening episodes when we have a drink in mm-hmm. front of us can kind of go sideways sometimes. Yeah, oh, those are the best ones. Yes, they are. They are indeed. You bet. Mm-hmm. What are we going to talk about this evening, Gregory? Well, oh, not Gregory, no. I don't, I don't, I do not respond to Gregory. Gregory, Brian. Brian? Where'd, where'd Brian come from? Corky? I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Lachaim? No, no more. What is your, <laughs> I don't know what your middle name is. No more rum for you. <laughs> yeah. All okay. right, so. We have a bit of a weird topic tonight. We were we were trading notes on something that that we both read about the Dunning Kruger effect. Mm-hmm. So this was a study in 1999 that a couple of scientists who coincidentally were named Dunning and Kruger. I think that was just a happy coincidence that they probably. You know, um, and they they did a study called "Unskilled and Unaware of It: How Difficulties in Recognizing One's Own Incompetence Lead to Inflated Self Assessments." And really boiled down into layman's terms, it's why people seem to think they know everything when they don't. Right. And we we were trading messages about it just because it's so apropos to a lot of the things we talk about where, you know, folks get on some of the forums on Facebook and start talking about hot production and, and think they know all of it and really, really don't. Or take for granted one thing they read on the internet and hold that so close to their vest and, and so close to their heart, rather, that, you know, this must be the truth. And it, it's a joke I use with my kids all the time. I read it online, so it must be true. Of course. Or, in order, or I shouldn't say or, and in order to hide the fact that they're ignorant or of the truth or any of the facts maybe behind their position they become belligerent about it Mm -hmm. and just dig in and entrench themselves so this whole concept of basically if i boil down the dunning kruger effect and i drop this on people all the time it usually shuts them up when they're being really stupid which is to say you're not smart enough to realize that you're ignorant on this topic and that usually does a trick because if some you give somebody a kernel of information, certainly when they're insecure about it, they want to latch onto that kernel of information. And in many cases, they make assumptions and opinions and pretty soon it inflates to this thing that is not real. But yet it does have a, maybe a kernel of truth there. As that sort of sphere inflates, it just keeps pushing. It repels facts. <laughs> and you can't really challenge them anymore with what is factual and truthful because the the sphere that they built up around their kernel won't accept it. And I prefer to think of that as more stubbornness than, than you said they're too dumb to realize that they're wrong. I think it's more of a stubborn thing than a dumb thing. I think it's both. I think it's just... I shouldn't say stupid, we should call it ignorant. But at the same time, it takes, uh, for some people, it's skill, it's talent to have insight. Others, it requires training. 
to have insight and be able to put oneself in a position to say, I know I don't know everything. I, I know that I'm missing something here. Therefore, how can I put myself in a position to say the sky is purple when all the other facts point to the opposite? But I refuse or I either refuse to look at those facts or I can't either comprehend them or even fathom the idea of going out and gathering other information. That can be really, really dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, I told you earlier before we started, I wanted to mention a quote um, as shouldn't come to any surprise or surprise to any of you that um, a lot of my personal heroes are scientists. Those that are living, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a, is a huge influence on me and the man is brilliant. He's not only a great scientist and a sublime thinker, he is a great orator and he has a, the ability to break things down and teach them in a way that I've never encountered. And he has a fairly famous quote from uh, 2017 where he says, his greatest challenge of life is knowing enough to think you are right, but not knowing enough to know you're wrong. I'll say that again, knowing enough to think that you're right, but not knowing enough to know you're wrong. Yep. And I think that sums up the Dunning-Kruger effect to, to good example. Yeah, it, it it's interesting because unless you're constantly trying to improve yourself and working toward learning more and questioning things, you're going to get to a point in any topic where you think you know the answer. Mm-hmm. And how do you know that you really do know the answer versus that you're just telling yourself you know the answer and convincing yourself of that when, in fact, you could be wrong? And the courses I teach, both for Siebel and uh, privately for, for other folks, and, and a lot, I think I talked in the, in the past how I do uh, coaching and team building stuff too. And I said the absolute most powerful tool at everyone's disposal that is absolutely underused or just plain old forgotten about is the question, why? If you can feel comfortable asking the question, why, to kick off a response from whomever is telling you the way things are supposed to be, that's a great first start. But then you have to have the wherewithal to basically filter out the bullshit from the response. And understand what it is they're trying to tell you. Because if you're talking to somebody about why they should, you should trim your bullshits back, and that person has been doing this for generations, but doesn't understand the physiology around what a bullshit might actually be, or the fact that we don't really even know, but they tell you with, without a shadow of a doubt, you have to do this. Why? If it doesn't make sense, it probably isn't right. And I think to the, you know, another psychological trope of cognitive dissonance, mm -hmm. which is, you know, doing the same thing, doing something that's contradictory to what you really do know is the right thing to do, but you continue to do it. Right. When I shouldn't have that last Twinkie, because I know it's not good for me, but I'm going to have it anyway. Oh, sure. Sure. And, and, and you'll regret it later, but at the moment it's really, ah, I'm just, fuck it. 
that sums up pretty much my entire existence right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. C- certainly applies to my day. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I love this idea of of Dunning-Kruger, Dr. Tyson, and and others who have come up with this position, which is basically, as humans, we are fragile beings. The, our, our, I think our largest fragility is in our, our idea of ourselves. And so when we are put in a position, any position whatsoever, that provides us a bit of power or influence, the first thing we do is try to protect that. The second thing we do is try to cultivate that. That's apparent in, in people that get belligerent or absolutely were the first ones to say, you're wrong. Nope, can't do it that way. No, sorry. What are you, stupid? Or are you trying to put people down? No, that's those are the people that frankly are the ones that I think have the most to hide based on this Dunning-Kruger effect. It's the people that are willing to admit, I don't know, but I think that or I hypothesize that. I try to do that as much as I can. And, and lay out the fact of, you know what, we just don't know. However, if we look at whatever, this other plant, and what we know from plant physiology is X, Y, and Z, then great. Uh, we can maybe try and draw some corollaries. But in order to really do yourself justice as a hop grower, you have to ask these questions. And you have to bring up the contradictions and bring them to light. And the people with whom you are corresponding and conversing will either embrace that and have it as part of the dialogue, or they'll become belligerent and either dismiss you or argue with you. And I think that's your first, that's the the main alarm for me and say, "Uh uh-oh, I'm dealing with a, we call them DKs, a (laughs) (laughs) Dunning-Kruger. Yeah, I I think that anyone who, including anyone listening right now, who thinks they know everything about anything, whether it's growing hops or anything else for that matter, if you think you got it all figured out, then you're suffering from this to some degree. Mm-hmm. What I, I love the subtitle of this particular article that we were trading today, which is to err is human, but to confidently persist in erring is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the ego gets in the way. Uh huh. And that's, you know, anyone who gets angry and belligerent in defending their position that's that's usually a sign that they don't believe in it a thousand percent if you can confidently defend your position with facts and with science then then you probably know what you're talking about but the the defensiveness and you see this uh, again not just top growing um that's when you you can see that that uh okay there's there are chinks here in the armor Mm -hmm. If it doesn't make sense to you, it probably doesn't make sense, period. Mm-hmm. Give yourself more credit than you are if you're like, well, I don't know. You know, what do you think about this, James? What do you think? You know, people are always asking me on the Discord, what do I think about X, Y, and Z? Well, it doesn't matter what I think about it. This is the way it is. Blah, blah, blah. Right? If it's a physiology question. Um because we have data, there's a lot of research behind it. We know this is what happens. Or it'll say, or it'll be, well, I don't know. I can't tell you when to cut back your crop last because I don't live with you. <laughs> and I don't, I, and even if I did, I don't have the tribal knowledge of your site like you do for the last 10 years. So I can't tell you what to do. 
You have to figure that out. If you ask that same question to somebody else at some conference or on online somewhere and they tell you you have to cut back on the 4th of May, they are absolutely full of shit for your requirements. That may work for them, but not for you. And so that's why I say you've got to take it with a grain of salt and say, okay, what is it that we know as a fact? And what is it that we believe? Because those two things don't have to be the same thing. Belief in something doesn't make it true. And yet it's still valuable. It, it doesn't mean that it's something to be thrown away, but you, you've got to take it as, as a belief and not as a scientific fact. We, we have... You know, you say it all the time that we don't know X, Y, and Z, but we think because we've observed. I mean, that's science. That that's hypothesis and testing and all that, and that's fine. It's a whole scientific method. Yep, that's how we prove or disprove our hypothesis, which is our question: Does X equal Y? Here's an experiment to figure that out. Unfortunately, in hot production, the system is so complex that there are variables that are interacting that we don't even know about. <laughs> so how can you solve an equation if you're not even sure you have a placeholder for the variables that you need? Mm -hmm. You can't. So we go with what we absolutely do know, what we can prove. For instance, hot plants primarily take up nitrate as their form of nitrogen. Some people say, well, but, you know, plants also take up ammonium. And it's like... Hot plants actually do take up ammonium. There are there are ammonium ion symports in the root hairs that will take up ammonium, but they're taking it up not as a nitrogen source for production. They're likely, and I say likely because nobody's done this test, but in other plants where they have, that ammonium is occurring as sort of paying a toll in order to take up another ion. The plant isn't taking it up because it wants to. It's taking it in because it has to. Otherwise, it's not going to get potassium. But that, you know, comes from a different plant species. But at some level, you boil it down and you're like, okay, this is what we know about basic plant physiology. And as far as we have observed, 99% of the species have this metabolism. So we have a fairly high degree of confidence that this is the case for hops as well, even if it hasn't been studied. So it's not like people always challenging. It's like, well, show me the study where it proves that, you know, or can you cite blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, I can cite 900 years of plant physiology if you'd like, because these are things that we've learned from other plants, but not specifically studied in hops. That's the pitfall. And I think that's part of the Dunning-Kruger where it's like, and certainly Dr. Tyson, where he's like, you know, I know enough to think I'm right. And if it stops there, I'm great, but I also know enough to know that there could be something we don't understand also going on. So I have to be very careful when I explain to people, when they ask me questions like that to say, well, what is it is do, do hot plants only take up nitrate? No, but that's not the question that they're asking. The question they're asking is, should I be using nitrate as a fertilizer? That's totally different. That's not even the words that they're saying, but I'm inferring that based on the conversation. Empirically, if they said hops only take up nitrate, true or false? False. Oh, so I can put ammonium down and get all the nitrogen I need. Also false. 
not easy. Well, now you're getting into into almost you know survey design and question design, and that's a whole nother thing. I could go mm-hmm. on for hours mm-hmm. as a statistician on watching the news and hearing you know exit polls and cringing at the way they word shit. <laughs> and you know, like I alluded to earlier, talking about training. Well, and yourself included as a statistician, you and I, we are trained to be critical thinkers mm-hmm. and to very Vulcan-like remove the ego from the data because the data are the most pristine form that there are. And to say, this is what we know. And as a matter of fact, there's absolutely no shame or ego involved in saying, I don't know, because that's what drives us. That's the fuel for us. And other people see that as a weakness, and I, I don't get it. You know, and I didn't think you'd be able to geek up that statement further about statistics and all that, but you added Vulcan-like. <laughs> <laughs> I even I even gave you the live long and prosper salute. Sorry, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, what do you mean? Anybody... If you've listened to one, just one other episode, you would know that you you and I are huge geeks. Oh, huge geeks. Huge <laughs> geeks. Massive geeks. Uh, so, yeah. There are some great descriptions of of how to, to bring this concept back to, uh, you know, to, to, to a simple thing to explain or to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, one definition here is that the, the, the DK effect, it represents a bias in estimating your own ability that stems from your limited perspective. So you don't know what you don't know. And because you don't, if you can recognize that you don't know what you don't know, that's good. If you can't recognize that you don't know what you don't know, and you assume that you do know everything you need to know, that's where the problem lies. And and, and the best really material example of this is the fact that, and, and I love this example, is that 80% of drivers think they're above average drivers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not how average works. 80% of drivers can't be above average drivers. That means 30 of those 80 are, are lying to themselves. Now, I know personally, I mean, I think everyone, I'm surprised that number's not even higher. I think I'm the only person that knows how to drive properly and everyone else does it wrong. I'm sure you feel the same way. I think most people do. Well, but I am right. <laughs> About this and everything else. <laughs> oh, I love it. The, the, I gotta play I gotta play to my to my foil. I mean everybody of course, of course. thinks that of me, so the the driving is such a I think a perfect example because it's something every single person can relate to. We all think that the things that we spend all of our time on we're we're great at. Or we're the best at, or we're better than average at. Uh, This particular article says that people tend to gauge their own personal popularity the same way. They think they're more popular than they are. Uh, Except for me, I'm super not popular. And I'm okay with that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And I'm I'm not either. And I'm I'm fine with that too. It goes back to Mm -hmm. the... Goes back to the live long and prosper thing. I think there's a causal, probably the cause and effect there going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love the driver example because it's absolutely true. Find me anyone who'd say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not a good driver." <laughs> yes, I've, I've, I've had a whole bunch of accidents and a bunch of speeding tickets, but, but no, it's not me. It's not me. Uh, that, that lack of recognition that there's something you're not doing correctly or that you don't know to do properly. 
Um, that's what this all comes back to. It's a hard, it's a hard thing on a on an ego. You mentioned ego before on an ego basis to just to admit to admit you don't know everything. I think that's fine. And again, I I think that I think it's fine because I've been trained to embrace the unknown and to say it's all good that we don't know. But I've been trained to have tools to help figure out the unknown. So sort of the, that darkness is exciting for me. For other people, it's terrifying. It's almost like a value judgment on them that they don't know. And anybody who's been trained as a critical thinker, and I say trained because this is not something that's necessarily an innate ability. It does take training to say, it's okay I understand that. So you have that emotional intelligence to say, I understand that you don't know. And to me, it seems like your overreaction, your, your inappropriate overreaction <laughs> tells me a little something. As, as my wife says, don't feed the trolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an inappropriate overreaction is usually a defense mechanism to, mm -hmm. to cover up the, the fact that you don't have a fact to put out there. One of the the biggest, I don't want to call it defensive, I'll call it response to my detractors in not only the, the hop and, you know, beer growing community, but just the scientific community in general, is when somebody tries to degrade me, take me down a notch, quote unquote, by saying, you know, you're not a know-it-all. Yep, you're right. I'm not. Or when I say, I don't know. And it's okay to say, I don't know. And like one of we're teaching, People ask me a question. I don't know. That's a good question. Wow, that's a really good question. I don't know. But if I were to hypothesize, so what that means is now I'm pulling from other things I've learned and observed to make a logical assumption. But an assumption is not a fact. So I could say, but I think this could be going on. How you state that can be very impactful in the conversation and the relationship because like another person, I could be a totally different person and be thinking that in my head and out of my mouth, it, it, it is, oh yeah, no, that's not what's happening. It's this. Well, no, it's not that. You just stated something that you don't know to be true. So there, a person with undergoing DK or who you think is in a DK scenario may actually not be, it's just they're a poor communicator. So that it takes another little bit of how do you dissect that information, right? And the exchange to, to suck the information out of it. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And we started this conversation talking about communication and that some people don't explain things well and some people don't choose to listen well. Right. So it does all come back to that that pesky interaction between two humans who are who are not perfect in their own right gets in the way of all this. It muddies the waters. Well, we've talked a lot of theory here. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot of examples. But maybe we could bring this home with something that's impactful for growers and brewers. Or you know, How do we tie this back to our industry? Don't be that guy. Oh, you mean like you, the one who's trying to tell other people at the bar what to drink when they didn't ask for your advice? Oh no, that guy's it, fine. Is, I'm talking about John. Oh, that guy. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm, ta oh, John. I'm talking about John. That bastard, John. Yeah. Oh, John. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We gotta 
make up a picture of John and put him on a t-shirt now. <laughs> we do. We'll probably have to get some sort of royalty right from somebody to use their picture. We can find some royalty-free stock of John. Mm-hmm. John, the bartender, who's going to tell you exactly what's wrong with the beer that you're drinking and how, yeah. The people that want to tell you why whatever it is you're doing is contrary to their position. There's a couple of ways you could, you could smash them in the mouth with a, with a chair. Well, That's I mean, one way to go. Facts are always the best the best right. ammunition if you've got them. But the odds are if you asked a question, you don't have the facts. And you also don't have the ability to really discern, are, are they full of shit? Or do they actually have a, a good point to make? You know, what I found, though, is that those types of people, that exchange doesn't occur because you've asked a question. Those people that are so obviously that far right on the DK spectrum are going to tell you what it is and the way it is before you've even engaged them hmm. or at a very, or you've minimally engaged them. Like you accidentally caught their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and social media is great for that. Great for it because there's all the, the reward of smearing your, your idea all over the place and none of the responsibility or the the cause and effect of what you have to say. I'm I'm trying to let that one sink in. Yeah. So you can you can say whatever the hell it is you want, right? The president can tweet all kinds of bullshit that is actually not true and trigger a fact check and lose his damn mind. But ultimately when you get down to the root of it, you know, you get rid of all the ego and all the hyperbole and all the all the male-dominant monkey stuff, and you get right to the root of it and say, what is real? Yes or no? Binary. What exists? Is this statement true? And it takes a lot of energy to do that. And social media allows us to say whatever the hell we want with almost no consequence right. and no responsibility to defend it. Yeah, everyone's an expert in whatever they want to say. They they can say, you know, I, I observed this, so it must be true. This worked for mm-hmm. me, so it must be true. And you've heard us say a thousand times, what works for your neighbor may not work for you. Mm-hmm. And and what do we always follow that up with? You've got to do your soil tests. You've got to do your science. Put it together. Put the puzzle pieces together for yourself. How could we help people? How could we... How can we take what we've been talking about and maybe we can help them if they're not already doing it. Maybe we can give them some techniques on critical thinking, both being trained as critical thinkers. Yep. Right. Well, and I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. I was going to say that, you know, the number one thing to me is, is always having an open mind. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the worst things you can get sucked into is the, well, we've always done it this way mentality. So there's always something to learn, and I would take it to the next level of a, a day that you don't learn something new or look for something new is is, is a day that you should have. So ne- never assuming that you've got it all wrapped up. And that goes for us too. I mean, we we do this podcast because we have knowledge and experience we want to share, but there's but part of one of the best things that have, has come out of this hopnology situation, are our patrons and the discord and learning from each other. Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic community of folks that 
aren't there to see whose is bigger. <laughs> They're there to see, you know, how we can share experiences and, and learn from each other and figure some things out. And and if that's not science, I don't know what is. I, I hear this all the time at various conferences and be like asking me questions about hops and physiology or market or, you know, all this stuff that, that you and I are more than neck deep in, right? We're, we're hair follicle on our head deep, right? We're, we're underwater in this and we know it. We lived it. We breathe it. This is who we are. And people say, oh my God, is there anything you don't know? I'm like, don't know how to build a canoe. Don't know how to play the banjo, right? Do not know how to make rice pudding. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't know and I'm fine with that. However, what we're talking about right now, I know, and I know the shit out of it. Right. So I consider myself a subject matter expert there. So from your perspective, it may seem like I always have the answers and I quote, know everything, which is far from the truth. The more and more you study a single thing in your life, the more narrow focused you get and the less you're paying attention to everything else around you. And that's a, that's a pitfall of academia. Um, but I think Greg, to bring it back to what you said is that always have an open mind. That is biology, science, chemistry, one-on-one is to observe. It is. And it becomes harder and harder the more you become a, an expert at something to keep that open mind because you're supposed to be the expert. You're the person mm -hmm. folks are coming to. So to continue to be that way and, and be willing to to adjust your views based on new input, it's hard. It is hard. As I've advanced in my career, the thing that I've come to enjoy the most is teaching people and to listen to what they're saying, but dig deeper to understand, okay, they're asking me a question about something very specific, but it's very clear to me, given my experience, that they really don't understand something else. Mm -hmm. And to take that opportunity to sort of break it down, and the term is interrogate, which does not have a great connotations, but really ask them questions to get to the root of what they want to know. Because many times they don't, what the question they're asking you is not really what they want to know. They just don't know how to say it. Mm -hmm. And so as, as, quote, subject matter experts, that's part of it. You can have subject matter experts that have studied, you know, one chemical pathway their entire career for 50 years and not be able to carry on a conversation enough to order a hamburger at a fast food restaurant. So they are the pinnacle of what they know, but are unable to communicate it effectively to those of us who are not at the same level. Those people are not Dunning-Kruger people. They just happen to be very poor communicators and are usually introverts and not well-adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> nope, very true. Very true. If you can't convey it, and, and you said something very interesting there about, you know, someone asking a question and you realizing that their question isn't really what they want to know. Mm -hmm. And I, you know... I find that in, in what I do, you know, during the day <laughs> as well, a lot of, okay, I, I know you're asking this, but I think what you're, where you're trying to go is here, right? Mm -hmm. Let, let's talk about that destination because the question you're asking, that's not enough. That's not right. enough. We're trained to, as scientists and mathematicians, we're trained to look much more broadly 
and to take in a wider scope and not be fixated on any given variable or constant when we're when we're just doing a survey of the land, right? We're taking it all in. And then once we have that picture, we can assign a level of importance to different things. And a lot of those things just fall off very, very quickly because you're like, yeah, no, it's not. Somebody's coming to me asking me about nitrogen uptake. They're not interested in downy mildew. <laughs> right. So that can fall right off right off the table. And so you ultimately get down to it and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I'm applying my nitrogen. I just need to add more because I'm not getting my yield. Wait a second. Roll that back a second. You're not getting yield because you're not adding your nitrogen. Where's that assumption coming from? Well, I'm not getting yield and, and nitrogen equals yield. Nitrogen is a part of that equation. Mm-hmm. But I'm more interested in why you're making that assumption. Those are all puzzle pieces that work, but you bang them together with a hammer. Um, right. <laughs> they didn't right. exactly go. People use Dunning-Kruger as almost a a put-down, but I don't think that's appropriate because a person who is asserting their confidence based on a nugget of information that they have is making an assumption that, you know, a link in their mind between A and B and saying this is the way it is. But they've reached a point where they want to try and make that link. Mm -hmm. They're not trained or don't have the innate ability, like a talent, like some people can paint, some people can play instruments, some people are are great at, you know, driving cars really fast. But they haven't been trained how to take that spark of insight and assumption and mold it and temper it and make it a tool that they can use and that it's okay to say, I have this little bit of information, but I don't know. But I'm going to use all these other tools that I just learned about, sort of clear away all the detritus to figure out what is real. And that takes that takes a lot of training, like in my case, a lot of training. And in some people's cases, it's just an innate talent. Mm-hmm. So the Dunning-Kruger thing isn't necessarily a bad thing. It is a phenomenon that is observed. I just want to lay that out there. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's a very good point. And it, you know, it, brings to mind the phrase, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. (laughs) Yep. If you know virtually nothing about something and you're a sponge. So, I mean, before we started recording tonight, James, I told you I did something today I'd never done before. I I have a little drywall work to do in the house, just a a couple little patches. I've never touched any of this. I was given some advice from a friend. I watched a couple of YouTube videos. I got my supplies. And I'm approaching it as someone who knows nothing about what they're doing. And it's going pretty well as a result, because I'm trying to soak in everything that I can. Mm-hmm. Now, next week when I go give someone advice on drywall, you know, God help that person. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> because you've done it once on this tiny little on this tiny little patch, and you mm-hmm. know it all now. Exactly. So, duh. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I did it one time, and and all drywall jobs must be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So. If I did it once, I can do it a thousand times over, and it's going to come out just fine. I'm an expert. Yeah, absolutely. Been there, done that. And I think I choose to believe that the vast majority of people want to share the information that they've learned, but it comes down to the way that it's being communicated. Mm-hmm. 
and that can be perceived as this person thinks they know what they're talking about, and they get labeled as such. And unfortunately, I have friends now, even in the industry, that we're friends. We don't necessarily get along all the time because it comes down to how it's being communicated and how things are being perceived. That's unfortunate, but I also think that's just part of life. It is, and we're all human. We all have egos. We we all want to feel like... I don't. I am you. total ego-free. Yeah, sure. I have given up my ego on all my worldly being. Yeah, your ego and your ego and your liver. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great. Well, uh, yeah. Well, isn't that where the ego is held? <laughs> I was lied to on social media. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Should, uh, he Should. totally knew what he was talking about, or at least he seemed he did. The ego is in the liver. Oh, the ego, the ego lives in the liver. Oh. That would explain why my ego slurs all the time. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we all want to feel important. We all want to feel like we're we not only that we have something to contribute, but that we're the expert that we we matter in mm-hmm. something. It's 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 natural. It's absolutely natural. Mm-hmm. So uh, so again, you keep you keep saying the you know DK. It's not a it's not so much a negative as it is so much a a, a fact of life. And I think that's true. There's yeah. This is not something that people do with malicious intent. It's it's a true belief that you know what's going on, and you you know everything, every maybe not everything, but you you know enough to be giving advice about things when maybe you don't really have it all. Right. You can smash them in the mouth with a with a chair.